The capital of Austria is Vienna, where there was once a large, thriving Jewish community. Living in Vienna was a wine merchant whose wine was famous far and wide. Jews loved to buy his wine for Shabbos and Yontif and for any simcha they were celebrating because it had such a special flavor. This wine merchant had a custom that he would always give a bottle of wine for any bris milah that was celebrated in the city. This special wine had such a wonderful flavor that everyone said it could have come from Gan Eden. Now, the wine merchant could have sold many large quantities of this wonderful wine, but he would only sell it in limited quantities and only for Kiddush and Havdalah, plus, of course, the bottles he would give away for a brismila. As time went on, the wine merchant gradually married off all of his children except one. When the day came for his youngest daughter to get married, he made a large simcha and invited many friends and guests. After the su'uda, when it's time for benching, he filled two glasses with wine, one for Birkas Amazain and one for the Sheva Brachas. At the end of the benching, the wine from these two glasses is then mixed and a taste is given to the chasen and the kala. The wine merchant then began to serve all of the guests who wanted from the Kaishal Bracha, and he added to the glass from a bottle that he had in his hand as long as there was somebody who still wanted. The merchant went around the room, pouring again and again and again, until eventually everyone had had, and when the wine merchant was certain that he had served the last guest, the empty bottle of wine suddenly broke with a loud bang. Everyone looked to see what the wine merchant would say. He began to speak. My dear friends, until now I've only been able to thank Hashem privately for His goodness to me, but now I am able to share it with you as well, so that you too will marvel at the great wondrous deeds of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Many years ago, after my marriage, I became a moil. I always fulfilled the mitzvah of Mila, the simcha of a tuv levav, and with the same dedication, regardless of whether the family was rich or poor, Lailenu. In fact, I never charged anything for my services. I simply left it up to the father. If the family could afford to pay me, then they would pay me. If they couldn't afford to pay me, or could only pay me a little bit, that was quite all right with me. One era of Yom Kippur, after davening, a Jewish farmer came to me and asked me to come with him to his village to do a bris milah on his baby boy who was born eight days ago. I asked him where he lived, and when he told me the name of the village, I realized it was quite some distance away. Did you bring a wagon? I asked. No, he said. I walked. Well, can you hire a horse and a wagon for us so that we can get there? No, I don't have any money for that. Hmm, I said. Well, how long did it take you to walk here? Mm, about an hour, he answered. Do you know that today is Erev Yom Kippur? I asked the farmer. Yes, I know we have to fast the whole day beginning this evening, but that doesn't bother me. I'm used to fasting. I do it many times during the year. 
I could see that I was dealing with a very simple villager. He didn't seem to realize what he was asking me to do on Erev Yom Kippur, to walk, to perform a bris milah, and get back home in time so that I could eat and prepare myself for the great day of Yom Kippur. As these thoughts went through my mind, I began to consider the situation. Yes, it was difficult, but the greater the difficulty, the greater the mitzvah. So I said to the farmer, fine, let's go. I took my bag with all of my moils, tools, and off we went. The villager began to walk with long, quick steps. Now I knew why it took him only an hour to walk the distance. I couldn't possibly keep up with him. It would take me at least two hours to get there, and then again, two hours to get back. The villager realized that he was much faster than me, so he turned and said, Listen, I'm in a hurry. I can't wait for you. The way to my village is straight along this road. Follow it to the end and then turn left. You can't miss it. When you get to the village, anyone there will tell you which is my house. And off he went. I followed the directions, walking as quickly as I could, and eventually reached the village and found the house. The door was unlocked. I knocked, but no one answered. So I walked in. Nobody was home except the mother and the baby that I was there to perform the bris milah on. Where is your husband? I asked her. Oh, I don't know, she said. He's probably working out in the fields, but he told me that you're coming and that he's not needed for anything. I would not have believed that even a simple-minded villager could be so lacking in feeling as to not even want to attend his own son's bris milah. But what could I do now? How can a male circumcise the baby without a sandek to hold the baby on his lap? It's impossible. So I went outside, hoping that I would find a passing Jew. I stood for some time waiting for a passerby, with no luck. I began to daven. Hashem who answered Avram Avinu on Har HaMaria, answer me. Hashem who answered Eliyahu on Har Carmel, answer me. Just as I finished... I saw in the distance somebody coming, with a bundle on his shoulder. I ran towards him and called out, Baruch Hashem, you're here. You're just in time to help me perform a bris milah. You'll have the schus of being sandik. Surely this opportunity doesn't come along for you very often. What do you mean, sandik? I can't be sandik. I have to go into town with these chickens. I need to make money from Kaparas. You know, it's Erevim Kippur. I can't stay. No, 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 I said. You must stay, please. How much money did you expect to make today? From Kaparisgelt, uh, a ruble, he answered. Fine, I said. I took out the only ruble I had. I was saving it for a share in the community esrog. Here, here's your ruble. Put down the chickens and come with me. It won't take very long, but there's no time to lose. We entered the house, and I had the Jew sit down on a bench that I had prepared for the chair of Eliyahu. The sandek did his job as I instructed him. I circumcised the baby. Baruch Hashem, all was well. I handed the baby back to the mother, and I told her that as neither she nor her husband had told me what name to call the baby, I had given him the name Avraham. And I benched her and her husband to bring him up to a life of taira and chuppah and maisim taivim. We then left without wasting any more time. I hurried as best I could but even the sandik was faster than me. I reached home only an hour before Yom Kippur. 
the table was all set for the Suda, but I only had time to take some light refreshments and pour myself a glass of wine from the bottle that I had taken along for the bris. Just then, the Sandek walked into my house, so I poured a glass of wine for him also. I thanked him again for being Sandek, and we benched each other with a chsima and a gemach chsima Then, he wished me to be able to do many mitzvahs besimcha v'tuv levav, and he told me the wine in the bottle would never end until after the sheva brachas of my youngest daughter. Since that day, I never again saw that mysterious sandek. I don't know who he was, but as you see, his bracha was fulfilled. Today, as Hashem helped me marry off my youngest daughter, we all had the schus to drink of this wonderful wine to the very last drop, and then the bottle broke. This is surely a simantayv and a mazaltayv, a leinu v'yalko Yisrael, for us and for all of the Jewish people. And everyone there called out together, Amen, Kain Yehi Ratzayin. 